His Excellency, Secretary of the Interior, Minister of Propaganda. Corona Veniat Directus. Victory shall come to the worthy. Today, democracy, liberty, and equality are words to fool the people. Democracy, liberty, and equality are words to fool the people. Words to fool the people. Democracy, liberty, and equality. Words to fool the people. No nation can progress with such ideas. They stand in the way of action. Therefore, we frankly abolish them. In the future, each man will serve the interest of the state with absolute obedience. With absolute obedience. Let him who refuses beware. The rights of citizenship will be taken away from all Jews and other non-Aryans. They are inferior and therefore enemies of the state. It is the duty of all true Aryans to hate and despise them. The future emperor of the world. You speak. I can't. You must. It's our only hope. Hello, my wonderful invisible listeners. It's so good once again to know that you are out there somewhere listening. Of course, well, we just heard a passage from The Great Dictator, the old Charlie Chaplin film. And, you know, just just to, to remind us that this debate about democracy has gone on for a very long time, basically, because that movie was made almost 100 years ago. And there's always been a debate on this because dictatorship is actually easier. You know, if one person just, or even a small minority of people just take over and tell everybody, do this, then things get done a lot more quickly and easily. Democracy is very difficult. It requires a lot of different kinds of people with a lot of different goals and mindsets and views of the world and opinions on things to somehow come together and discuss important issues and come to some sort of an agreement or a compromise in order to get things done. It, it takes a lot longer, and it also takes a lot more intelligence, really. A lot of thinking is involved, and you can't really be a very super selfish, rugged individualist because you've got to really be able to think about what's best for the world, for society, for other people, and not just for yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to work with other people and solve problems with other people. So any kind of democratic system, it is difficult. And I, and that may be why human beings keep reverting back to these dictatorships and these authoritarian systems, because it just looks like it would be an easier, faster way to solve problems. In any case, I just wanted to pop in here and talk a little bit about the Maui situation, the fires going on there, um, and the destruction and the human suffering happening. Now, it's just a funny thing, because when I think of Maui, I think of this very affluent place, you know, that where rich people go to for, for, their, for their little vacations, you know, <laughs> Maui, and they have their little conferences there and, and, you know, but apparently there's poor people and middle-class people and indigenous people living over there on that island. I thought um, Jimmy Dore, the Jimmy Dore show, provided a pretty good analysis of what was uh, happening in Maui. 
And so I wanted to play you a, a clip. You can watch the entire episode, of course, on Rumble, Jimmy Dore Show. And this is also Kurt Metzger and Craig Pasta Jardula from the Convo Couch having a discussion. This is These are ep- excerpts from a, constru- a discussion that they had on the Jimmy Dore Show. to that too is I don't know if you guys know this but the emergency alarm system didn't go off and they've been bragging about Hawaii how to have the most sophisticated system out there that it was good for the tsunamis it went off a couple times earlier uh, this year but accidental and we also know about the great missile remember the one that yeah, Tulsi tells the Torby the false alarm where you know it was a nuclear, oh, yeah, missile. Was a nuclear yeah, missile coming right. okay but they bragged about this system being updated one of the best in the world it didn't go off and this thing hit like a lightning rod. So when they're saying 93 people are dead and the death toll could rise, you think? Look at this right here. These are people they were jumping in the water to get away from this fire. No, that happens so the on people, fire. And yeah. so the people in charge of the emergency alarm to go off, by the time that their neighbor JJ got to their house, shouldn't they know it and then just manually shut it off, turn where's it the, on? Look, where's the part of the story? That, that's the that's it's yeah. just like the Capitol Police story. Yeah, it's no, like it reminded me of that. Of like, what, that's weird. The, that's but, where you guys couldn't. There was cops that could get there faster from uh, New Jersey that could get there from the Pentagon. Exactly. Really? Where's, the, where's the, the same thing here? It's like what? Where's the part of the story of the brave firefighter? Is that some of them probably the, lost their lives that's fighting right. this crazy fire? I don't see. There's not any like, hey, these first responder heroes. I haven't seen. I mean, are, uh, that's what I'm asking. The question is, where are those stories? They've got to be out there, right? Well, right. There was something reported that the person who was in charge of the system said that it wasn't working, so they tried to send out texts or other things, but towers went down, so cell phone, cell phone service wasn't working either. So they had no way of contacting these people, and that's why they're questioning what went on with this system. Well, why what, did it fail? Why? Why Wait. did it really? Oh, just whoopsies. So the whole thing right. burned down. The, the thing and we. No- Hawaii has prided itself in the past on what it's called the largest integrated outdoor all-hazard public safety warning system in the world, equipped with, listen to this now, 400 sirens across the island. Not a friggin' one went off. But the Hawaii emergency management team has no record of the sirens sounding to warn residents of the fire on Tuesday per AP. Instead, Adam, who is... uh, in, who is a Hawaii emergency management spokesperson, said alerts were sent out through cell phones, televisions, and radio stations, which weren't reliable considering the power and the cell tower outages at the same time. So there was no way they were warned. There was no way they were told. But what's happening right now is that police seem to have lost control, and they're shutting down access to get in and get out. Um... And people are trying to get in to see their spots. They're, they're, they're taking zones and they're saying you can't go over here. Here's a kid crying about help because there's some people said they were trying to bring in goods and services and all these other things they could help people with and they weren't letting them in. Or some that got through just weren't enough. Mm-hmm. Less than five hours after Maui County officials opened uh, the Hona Paliana, I can never say those words right, highway allowing Lahaina residents to return since Tuesday's wildflowers, police closed the roads in both directions after confrontations broke out between the residents and police over access to the closed areas. So the people just wanting to get in 
to their houses or where their house was or, or find out what's going on, missing loved one. Here's another a tweet with tears in her eyes. We hit the road and spent three hours in just one mile of road inching towards Lahaina. The line of cars was long, some turning back. We spoke to three, we spoke to three police officers, all whom told us different reasons on why the residents and press weren't being allowed in. So we've heard of conflicts going on left and right. They're not, they're not being helpful. Um, they're not being helpful. And right now people just want to get back to where their houses were, where their loved ones were. Uh, it, it is a tragedy all in all. Well, I don't know if the ends are going to justify the means in this way, but what's going to happen to Hawaii, right? A lot of people say it's going to be bought up by big investors. Now that it's been torched and these people have no way of you know, holding on, there's no economy, that they're going to be forced to sell. And companies like BlackRock and Vanguard are going to come on in and they're going to buy up like crazy. There was somebody who, who had talked about, there was a local who had talked about that he was very scared that these big investors are going to come on in. So it's been mentioned. So I, I don't know, like, my cousin lives out there in Maui. I was texting mm -hmm. her about it, and I said, "Like, don't worry, BlackRock." You know, I yeah, yeah, you're being sarcastic. You're, and she you ain't said, being sarcastic. You're being serious. Which said Melissa Land is owned by former sugar cane company. Yeah, which is like their BlackRock or something. I don't know yeah. anything about that. Have you ever heard of that? They before? used to produce a lot of sugar cane there. In fact, this is the this is the reason they're saying in the New York Times they used to produce a lot of sugar cane there, and the sugar cane business went away. And what took place? Uh, what what? What went in its place was this type of grass that they once were using when they introduced its native of Africa when they had live, a lot of livestock in Hawaii. And that particular type of grass is very flammable. So a lot of those sugarcane companies still own the property. They didn't give it up. You know what I'm saying? And that's who the majority stakeholder is, these big corporations. Oh. Now, there's another story about this. Remember Build Back Better? Oh, this is crazy. The picture gets clearer after reading this. The government of Hawaii state's goal for rebuild is to make the entire island of Maui the first smart island. We talk about 15-minute cities. Remember these things? They want the entire island governed by AI as outlined in the Hawaii Digital Government Summit of 2023 that they have planned to host next month, Monday, September 25th, 2023, on Maui. Plans to implement Digital AI government in Hawaii. So this is something what? that people have talked about. Yes, they've, they've talked about. They've well, thank God some good will come from this tragedy. <laughs> Not good at all. But we've talked about a lot of these things. I mean, I've talked about Kiev maybe one day being a 15-minute city. Well, people have been talking about Maui being a 15-minute city. How convenient. It's very, very convenient that this fire. How many? You better know why. It doesn't take that long to get places. Well, but it's also, too, they want to be able to track and trace, check out all their systems. You've seen at the airport now they have this whole thing where you can walk in by yourself and you can buy your groceries. And, it's really handy. Yeah, I wish I could get my phone installed in my hand and, and you make get it your, your chip in your hand and yeah. stuff. Well, they want to test this all out. There's a lot of theories out there that the 15-minute cities is what they've been looking to do for quite some time. Well, here it is. It's nothing to be afraid of. This is just of. speculation now, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't standing behind this, but th that's what they say. Now, I have not delved into this subject deeply. We just heard from Jimmy Dore, the Jimmy Dore Show, which you can find on Rumble and various other places. I know that Peggy Hall, the healthy American, has also made some videos on this and is um, asking the question whether this was caused by directed energy weapons. I don't know, but I do have some thoughts that I wanted to share. First of all, this disaster 
in Maui and the, the destruction reminds me a lot of Hurricane Katrina. That occurred around 2005. Some people may be too young to remember, but there was a lot, a lot of questions surrounding that incident. I had heard, and I, again, I can't verify it now, but at the time, what I heard was that the levees needed repair, um, the levees in Louisiana needed repair, and politicians were just not putting the money into building that, building up that infrastructure to prevent a disaster happening should a hurricane take place, and hurricanes do take place in that region often enough that it would be necessary to always be to be mindful of that infrastructure and making sure that it gets regular maintenance and repair and that wasn't done we also know that people who had a lot of money were able to easily evacuate the area but poor people were not and were trapped there and we heard stories of and it was a lot of people of color a lot of poor people of color who were trapped there, who couldn't get away. We heard stories of the military, the George W. Bush administration sending the military over there to intimidate and bully people, supposedly for their own safety, so that if somebody tried to walk away or run away from the disaster site and go to a place where there might be food and water, they were shot at. They were threatened and not allowed to leave the area. We heard stories of people wanting to donate water to to those who were thirsty and didn't have access to clean, safe water. And those people were not allowed to give the donations. We heard of the Red Cross, and this, this I know is true. The Red Cross turned away volunteers, saying they already had too many volunteers. They didn't need any more help. With all those people who are suffering at that disaster site, and they were very carefully screening people, wanting people who could speak French and things like that, you know, when there were a lot of people who wanted to volunteer, who wanted to help out, and the Red Cross was turning them away. So now, with this, uh, the aftermath of this Maui disaster, of these fires, we're hearing that the water may or may not be safe to drink. So people are needing to rely on bottled water. Um, it's unclear as to whether electricity was restored for everybody there. So some people are probably still do doing without power. And the air may not be safe to breathe. And what I'm looking at is, again, it reminds me of Hurricane Katrina, the disaster site, the disaster situation that happened there. And I'm also thinking about it, that the attacks that took place on our food supply sources and on our power lines around the country that, you know, not too long ago have taken place. And I'm just wondering, hmm, well, isn't this interesting? Is this a way of destroying our environment and destroying our infrastructure further so that we can build back better? I don't know. Apparently, the emergency system in, in Hawaii did not go off to warn people of this impending disaster, which is very, very questionable. Um, and apparently, once people found out 
for themselves that, oh my gosh, there's a fire. It's right here. It's almost on top of us now. Better get out of here. Um, the emergency system still wasn't going off. So emergency personnel were not responding. And that's very, very strange. I've met people who work handling emergencies like this, and they are the kinds of people who just very enthusiastically jump in and, and they offer to help. That's what they do. That's what they live for. So were they told to not get involved? Or did they just not get involved um, because, or were they trying to get involved, trying to get the emergency system to work, but just couldn't get it to work? Why wouldn't it work? Why couldn't they get it to work? There's just so many questions. And again, as I've said before, I'm not saying I know all the answers or any of the answers. I'm just asking these questions because we need to ask these questions and we need to demand that an investigation takes place to find the answers. But my guess is that's not going to happen. I never heard about what caused the, um, oh, the power lines in some parts of the country to be attacked so that people lost their power. I never found out why some people lost their power in Buffalo, New York, during that big storm that happened around Christmas time. Some people had their power, had their electricity, and had their heat, and others did not. And uh, people who lived in really nice buildings, modern buildings, were the ones who lost their heat and electricity. Isn't that interesting? Could it be that it was electricity-based, electrically-based heat um, that they were receiving, that, that somehow um, there was a limit being placed on how much electricity they could use, and they were using a lot more electricity because of the storm, because of needing to, needing to, um, to use more power to keep their homes heat their, or their apartments warm? It took up more power, and maybe that just overloaded the electrical system. And people who lived in old buildings didn't have the smart meters or smart whatevers installed, so their heat was able to stay on. I don't know. Again, just asking questions, I don't really know. But I think it's awfully strange that an emergency response system that was supposed to be very sophisticated just didn't go off. It was also pointed out on the Jimmy Dore show that indigenous people in Hawaii had held onto their land and refused to sell it or give it up to some big powerful corporations that wanted to take it over. So now their land's been destroyed. What an odd coincidence. Um, and of course, it's just a coincidence. Um, rich people love the rest of us, and this is not rich versus poor, right? Because we know that millionaires and billionaires love the average person. By the way, as I mentioned before, I don't trust millionaires and billionaires, okay? And as I've said before, there's, there's actually there's two reasons why I don't trust them. One is they don't live the way the rest of us do. They just don't. They don't know what it's like to struggle the way that we do. They don't know what it's like to have your hearts, your hopes, and your dreams destroyed, absolutely shattered, because you don't have the money to go to college and become that doctor or nurse or lawyer or whatever it is you wanted to become. Because you don't have the money to pursue your dreams. You don't even have the money to get the health care that you need. And, and maybe you're living in a, 
a terrible neighborhood and dealing with a lot of stress from that. And maybe you have to walk a long time to get to work or take a bus in terrible weather to get to work or to get from one place to another because you can't afford a vehicle. There's some people who've never had that experience at all in their entire lives, and they will never understand what that is like. But there's another reason why I don't trust multimillionaires and billionaires, a second reason, which I think is much more important. And that is, in a very dysfunctional society like ours, where we've got dictators, psychopaths, and narcissists taking over, people who will ruthlessly take what they want, and they don't care how many people die, they don't care how many people suffer, as long as they're making their money, they're happy. We've got this kind of system, this kind of society that rewards selfishness and greed and, and cruelty. So how are you going to succeed if you're a nice person? I'm not saying that all people who are successful are bad people. I'm not saying that at all, so don't get me wrong. But I am saying that in a dysfunctional society like ours, You've got to be pretty dysfunctional in order to succeed unless there are extenuating circumstances. You're lucky. Somebody helped you, you know, or, or you just happen to, you know, jump on the right thing. You know, you know, you just happen to have an opportunity thrown your way and, and, you know, as luck would have it, you succeeded and that can happen. But for the most part, generally speaking, in a very dysfunctional society like ours, You've got to be pretty dysfunctional in order to succeed. And that's the primary reason why I don't trust these multimillionaires and billionaires, even if I like them. And I do admire Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think he's done really good work. I don't know whether he's controlled opposition or not. I know that he's done some good work and he's provided a lot of helpful information to people and provided an alternative voice. And his money has helped him to get away with that, with, with speaking out he's not going to save us. Nobody's going to save us. We the people, as I've said many times before, we need to come together and start supporting each other and stop worshiping these celebrities. You know, why don't you treat your best friend or the love of your life, your spouse, your kids, your parents, people in your life, treat them like a celebrity, like a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Donald Trump or whoever it is you admire. Treat the people in your life, your loved ones, treat them like they're celebrities. Appreciate them. Listen to them. Our relationships in this country, here in the United States anyway, are very, very screwed up. And I think we saw that. That's one of the things we should have learned from this whole scamdemic, what I call a scamdemic. Because People who were supposed to love each other destroyed their relationships, right? Husbands versus wives versus parents versus children, brothers, sisters, cousins, best friends. Relationships were destroyed because people believed someone they saw on a screen, somebody like a Tony Fauci or a Donald Trump or a Robert Kennedy Jr. or a Joe Biden or Anybody, someone they saw on a screen who they do not know personally, have never even seen in person or interacted with in person, don't know, you know, for anything, whether they're a nice person or not a nice person, a good person or not. There are some people who are extremely good at making themselves appear like nice people on a screen. In fact, anybody can do it. I've studied acting myself. 
You know, you can make yourself look like you're a wonderful person. You're a saint on a screen. That's not the same thing as being a decent human being in real life. Those people you see on your screen are not people you know. Do you understand? You don't know them. You don't know them. If you have not sat in a room in person with somebody and sat down next to them or right in front of them and had a long conversation with them at least once, but preferably several times, you don't know that person. So please stop worshiping those celebrities. Start interacting with people in your life, flesh and blood people who are in your community, who you can be in the same room with and breathe the same air with and hopefully drink clean water with, you know, because those are the people you can get to know and you can find out whether they're good people or not. Anyway, now that I've ranted and raved, I'm just thinking about Hurricane Katrina and how much this Maui disaster reminds me of that. And if you don't remember it because you were too young or you don't know anything about it, you may want to look into that. It'll be hard on the internet because the internet is so heavily censored right now. But um, suffice it to say that it was similar in the sense that what we heard at the time was that people were were just sort of trapped there and not really allowed to get access to help. And some people just died there. Another thing that's really interesting too about the Maui disaster is that people are being put in in shelters, right? And that's what happened in, in Buffalo when, when that big winter storm happened around Christmas time, the end of last year, 2022. People went into shelters and everyone was just amazed. Oh, you know, you turned your school into a shelter and you, you, you helped people. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, it is. It's wonderful. But it's also part of the World Economic Forum's agenda for us to live in shelters. Yeah, that's a part of their agenda. They want us all sharing space with others, not having our own homes. Um, you know, we will own nothing and we'll just be used to having to share space with other people. So it is in keeping with that. And also we had mentioned in a previous podcast about the green zones. If you didn't listen to that podcast, you might want to find it because there I talk about the document, which I downloaded from the CDC's website, cdc.gov, because I know I get told I'm a conspiracy theorist all the time. And I mean, this was a document off of their website. I don't know if it's still on their website or not. You can go to cdc.gov and do a search on green zones and find out. But I downloaded it so that I would have a copy of it in case they did take it down. And essentially what the green zones are are quarantine camps, places that they want to put people if they decide they're diseased, basically. And that's what Kathy Hochul is fighting for right now in New York State. She appealed a decision against quarantine camps in New York State, which I like to call them concentration camps, but a so-called health freedom movement person told me that I should use the euphemism quarantine camps instead. So I'll use the euphemism if it makes people feel better, but I really don't see how this is any different than what happened in 1930s Germany. I guess they were speaking a different language. Yes, we speak English. They spoke German. Okay, so there are those differences, but it's still the same thing. They want to put people in camps. Kathy Hochul wants to put people in camps. Um, 
Kathy Hochul's appealing the decision. She wants another, she wants a law passed that allows her to send people to your house and have you dragged from your house and thrown into a camp if you live in New York State, just to let you know. That's what she wants to do. But it's not really what she wants to do. And I mean, I think this is important too. I know a little bit about, just a little bit about how our government works. And these politicians get paid off. They get money. They get funding. And they implement policies based on that funding. In other words, if you implement this policy, we will send you whatever it is, a million dollars for your city so you can build back better, you know. So a lot of this really has to do with money and, you know, not wanting to raise taxes because heaven forbid millionaires have to pay higher taxes. So they're getting money. They're getting funding from different sources and that's what's influencing their policy. Anyhow, what's really interesting about the green zones, the CDC's quarantine camps, is that they based their plan for these camps on refugee camps. And as I spoke about in that podcast, refugee camps, those are places where people in countries around the world where their country gets taken over or there's some sort of political turmoil, fighting, war, battles being fought on their land, they suddenly need to just pack up and leave and run. Sometimes it just happens very, very suddenly that, you know, they hear a gunshot and someone knocks on their door and says, we got to get out of here. You got to run. I'm warning you. We got to start running. And they see everybody's running and then they start running too. And they don't even have time to pack up all their things. And, you know, I mean, it, it can be that sudden. And I, I taught English to refugees. So I've met refugees and it's interesting in Buffalo, New York, a lot of refugees have been brought into the city. A lot of refugees, and these are people who are used to being, you know, pushed out of their homes and dealing with political turmoil and struggling and living in poverty. And it's interesting that they've just been brought in. And of course, Buffalo is being turned into a smart city. And there's speculation that Maui, the island of Maui, is being turned into a smart city. So we need to look around and see if these smart city areas are the areas where all these weird environmental disasters are going to take place because that'll be the excuse for shutting down the city and putting up the mass surveillance infrastructure, which is what they're doing in Buffalo. By the way, more construction work happening. Um, I just saw in a city street in a residential area, at least about six, maybe more huge trucks. They looked almost like dump trucks or something, just really, really big vehicles, a long line of them down, riding down this, this street. It's not a major street. It's a small street. Um, and the entire road is just dug up and they're installing something underneath, in, inside the road. And they need all these trucks to do that. This is not normal road repair, as I've mentioned before. I'm not sure why other people are not paying attention to this or listening to this. I really don't understand why I I took a picture of the trucks, so I've got proof. Uh, you know, if people want to tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist, I don't know what else to say. Um, I don't even know if I should say this, but I myself had a very strange health issue that happened where I got a pain in my heart for no reason. Lasted a couple days, had nothing to do with stress because actually a very stressful event happened after the pain started to go away. Mentioned it to an acquaintance who said she knew several women who had the exact same thing happen to them. 
I mean, exact same symptoms. Very strong pain, heaviness in the chest, blood pressure is normal, EKG is normal, good health, exercising every day, watching what I eat, what I eat, low blood pressure, um, nothing that would cause that and just happened. And um, a day or two later, my cat died, (laughs) I'm sorry to say, which could just be a coincidence. But um, right after the, um, that storm that we had in Buffalo, uh, at the end of the the year around Christmas time, my other cat became very sick and died. And I was just thinking about how cat, how small animals like cats, they have small bodies and an environmental toxin, whether it's directed energy weapons or EMFs coming from 5G towers, or whether it's, um, the, the chemicals, proliferating through the air due to the chemtrails and the geoengineering and the weather modification programs that are going on. All that stuff affects us and get, and get causes us to have health issues. But a small animal like a little cat, you know, it's going to affect them even more. Their bodies are smaller and they're absorbing more into those small bodies and it's just going to spread through their body a lot quicker. So anyway, I'm just throwing that out there again, as I'm saying, I I'm not coming to any conclusions, but I am asking questions because I think it's very, very strange. I believe they are doing something to our environment and how intentional it is, I don't know, because it could be that they are modifying our weather just to experiment, just to see what they can do. It, it could be that, you know, they're experimenting with the 5G towers and, you know, to see what they can do with this technology. And it, it might be that they don't have this intention to kill people or to kill animals. It might actually be that they are just conducting these experiments to see what will happen. I don't know. As I've said, you know, um, I'm, I'm simply asking the question. I just think it's very, very strange. As I mentioned before, the snow that fell in Buffalo around Christmas time of 2022, end of last year, that was not normal snow. It was like a, like cement snow. I don't know what to say. I got, I got into a debate with somebody on, on the phone over this. This person doesn't live in Buffalo and did not experience it. It didn't happen in other parts of New York State, apparently. But it happened in Buffalo, and that was just not normal snow. I know my snow, baby. I know my snow. <laughs> that was not normal snow. Anyhow, um, what was mentioned, what else? Did I leave anything out? So on the Jimmy Dore show, they were talking about uh, indigenous people in Hawaii who are trying to hold on to their land. And that's another rabbit hole to go down on into and to, to learn about how the United States, how, how our country took over their land. Um, but I am interested in the refugee camp situation. I, I suspect that this is what the powers that be want is for us to all be living in a refugee camp type of a situation. Having interacted with people who survived those camps, um, I can tell you that's not a good idea. <laughs> you don't want to spend your life living on a refugee, refugee camp. Essentially, refugees who live in these refugee camps are homeless people, and they have been made homeless by public policy in the way that we have homeless people here in the United States and we're told they're all drug addicts and alcoholics and mentally ill and it's their fault they're homeless. But actually, that may be true for some of them. Some of them do have those problems. 
But I would argue that's not why they're homeless. They're homeless because of public policy. They're homeless because we don't have enough jobs for all the different kinds of people we have. They're homeless because you have to be a millionaire to go to college and get an education or to get any kind of employee employment training nowadays. They're homeless because you need a license, you need a certification, you need to jump through all these hoops to get certain jobs. They're homeless because you have to practically be a millionaire to rent an apartment or to find a place to live nowadays. It's extremely expensive to buy a house. It's extremely expensive to rent an apartment. You've got to have thousands of dollars in your pocket, first and last month's rent, plus a security deposit plus this, that, the other. Oh, we're going to do a background check on you. And if you fail the background check, you can't rent an apartment. Well, what are you supposed to do? I know grown adults who still live with their parents. I mean, I've met people, and I've talked about this before. I've known people who were divorced, or they wanted to divorce their spouse, and they were still living together because they can't afford to split up. And they just do not get along at all. One's cheating on the other, bringing, you know, other, you know, people in the house that they're having and, you know, all kinds of terrible things going on. And these people just cannot afford, cannot afford to, to move out and say, forget it, I'm leaving you. You know, I mean, that's just, this is how things have been going for decades now. We, we've been moving in this direction for many, many years, but now, of course, it's accelerating this power grab on the part of multimillionaires and billionaires. They just want to take over our world, and that's what it is. They want to own all of our land, and they they want to have all of our resources, and they want to keep us in a permanent state of slavery and homelessness and poverty. So people had better wake up and realize that the average Joe and Jane is not your enemy. The average person, whether they're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, whatever, the average person is just trying to find a way to make the world better. You know, it's like religion. There's there's different religions, you know, just like there are different political beliefs. There's different religion, religious beliefs, right? Some people are Jewish. Some people are Buddhist. Some people are Christian. Some people are Catholic. Some people are atheists or agnostics. There's all these different religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs and traditions, but ultimately everybody's just trying to find their way, the best way to, to live. And we need to find ways to connect. I don't think anybody wants to live in a prison. Maybe there's a minority of people who do, I don't know, but most of us don't want to live in a prison. And we've been living in a growing prison since 9-11 since the Patriot Act and other laws were passed and they've been putting up all these surveillance cameras and now they've seen that the American people are okay with it. People around the world have been okay with it. Yeah, sure. It's just the government watching me. It's just Big Brother. I don't have anything to fear. Big Brother loves me. Big Brother cares about me. Freedom is slavery. I don't want freedom. That's too scary. It's just too much. You know, nothing happens without permission of the people. And regardless of what you want to believe, the majority of people do do run things. And we've got to reach out to other people and get them to see that living in a prison is not a good idea. Even people who still believe in COVID and they got the jab and they think it protects them, they think it keeps them safe so they don't get the boogeyman virus, we've got to reach out to them. 
and we 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 we're, we're not going to convince them that wearing a mask is a bad idea or that covid doesn't exist or that um that um that the jab was dangerous i mean if some pe- people took that jab they don't want to believe that it's dangerous they just don't want to hear it they're not going to hear it they're not going to listen to you but we can we can talk to people and explain to them hey do you know they're setting up a prison and that's what this mass surveillance state is all about. And surprisingly, there are people who took the jab and they were okay with the lockdowns and okay with, you know, wearing a mask and all those things, but they don't want to live in a prison, oddly enough. So sometimes we can reach people when it comes to some of these things. There are a lot of layers to what we're dealing with. It's not just having to do with a vaccine, a so-called vaccine. There's a lot happening here. A lot of big money people who want to make money. I, I think that there's a lot of different entities really involved in all this. And some of them are just super rich and just wanting to get richer. Some of them are power hungry more, more than anything else. They just want control and power. Some of them are mad scientists who are just experimenting with all this technology to see what they can get away with. Um, you know, there's just, and some people are, are maybe just going along with this stuff because they don't want anything bad to happen to themselves. So they think if they cooperate, and do what the powers that be tell them to do, that they'll they'll maintain their own power as well. So there's a lot of different things going on, um, a lot of layers to all this. It's, it's, it's rather complex, I think, in some ways. And so I think even if we can't reach somebody about the COVID issue and get people to see that they made something that was like another flu out to be this big, serious... Thing that it wasn't really for most people and they made it out to be that this so-called vaccine was the cure even though it really isn't stopping the spread of anything and it's actually hurting a lot of people you know we, we might not be able to reach people on that some people some people but those people maybe we could reach on other things other issues like okay um they're putting up more surveillance cameras they're watching everything we do are you okay with that? You know, do you, do you really think that's a good idea? Uh, let's look at our history. Um, anyway, uh, this is getting way too long. And what I like to do is to occupy my mind. In other words, I like to take control of what kinds of thoughts are going on in my own head. What about you? Whoops! Looks like we've run out of time. So, what do you think? Is wearing a cloth over your nose and running away in fear from other people keeping you safe? Do you want your human body to be genetically modified and become a human GMO? Should other people be forced to have their bodies genetically modified? Were you a huge fan of the Nazis and happy they returned to wreak further havoc on the entire world? Do you think Bill Gates should take the place of God or your higher power? Let us know. Until next time, occupy yourself, occupy your mind. Stay human. Stay independent and stay free. Not the sanitary napkin company. I mean, stay free as in remain free. Oh, never mind. <laughs>